Bless his name, church. Come on, God's good. Jesus, we bless your name. Just lift up a shout of praise. Just give him glory. It's due to his name. God, we love you. We worship you. We praise you, Jesus. You are our king. You are enthroned on high, Jesus. We enthrone you in our praises, in our gratitude. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for each other. We thank you for this day. We thank you that you've given us the privilege to glorify you and to go to war in the spirit. Amen. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're going to war in the spirit. We're going to war in the spirit. We're fighting to bring God's kingdom to earth. Good morning. It's amazing to see you. Thank you guys so much. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I want to introduce myself real quick. You can be seated. I want to introduce myself real quick. I'm, my name's Isaac McKinley. And uh, hi. Everybody. And my wife Noelle's here. And our And uh, our oldest three boys, I have to say it that way because we have another one, but our oldest three boys are actually sick today, so you won't be able to see them running around. I know you don't want vomit on you, but uh, they're sick. But our, uh, our newest little guy, Solomon, is here, so uh, he's five weeks old. He's five weeks old. He's a, he's a giant lover. He's the best. Um, if you are in Celebration Kids... That's second through eighth grade. I have great news for you. You're staying here, here and here. So if that's you, love you. You're with us today. I'm excited that you're with us. Um, also, oh, goodness. We're going to greet each other in a second. But I just got to announce something real fast. After service today, this is really fun to do. We're a family. We're a City Harvest family. And let me tell you. It feels like family to be here, absolutely, oh my goodness. But part of what the family does is we uh, celebrate each other in big moments in our lives. And so after service today, the graduating seniors, if you are a graduating senior today, high school senior, if you're, if you're a senior citizen graduating from something, do not, not about you. If you're a high school graduating senior, stand up real quick. We just wanna recognize you really fast. Stand up real fast. standing for just really quick. These fine people, these fine people are going to be right outside in the lobby uh, awaiting your love, generosity, and kindness after the service. So make sure to stop by and encourage them and, and uh, bless them, pray for them as they, as they go and uh, shine Jesus in this world. Thanks, guys. Congrats. All right. Let's do this really fast because we're family. Look at your neighbor. Don't go traveling too far across, across country. Look at your neighbor, greet them today, say something nice, come, make a compliment. Tell them you love them. Okay, wrap it up, finish the story. Nobody's that good looking. They don't deserve that many compliments. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just playing. Good morning, man. We're home. It feels good to be home. Uh, if you don't know me and you're like, who's this crazy guy acting like he belongs here? 
Uh, Noelle and I and our family, we've grown up, well, we've been going to City Heart we, 12 years. Uh, 12 years ago, we first came here and then uh, been on staff the past couple years until uh, nine months ago, we moved to Dearborn, Michigan. Yeah. Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, Dearborn, and it's in Metro Detroit. So if you're like, where's Dearborn? It's in Detroit. It's basically Detroit, Michigan. And you're like, why would you do that? Well, because you see that board back there, <laughs> along with those other wild, uh, wild people. God, God called us there. There's a, um, there's a people there that God has given us, put a burden on our heart to love and to witness to and shine Jesus to who are mostly Muslims, uh, at least in our neighborhood. And then Detroit is just a broken place, devoid of hope. It's desolate and it's hurting. And so um, we literally live on the border of the two. Our neighbors are all uh, uh, American Arab Muslims and uh, few of which have heard the gospel of Jesus or have heard a tainted view of the gospel of Jesus that we're discovering. And so it's our privilege and honor to be, gosh, you guys, thank you, to be sent, um, to be there on behalf of Jesus, an ambassador, and preaching the gospel and raising our blonde, wild little boys out in those streets. Uh, so that's why we're here. And it's just fun to be back. It feels like home. And we needed this. Goodness, the air is clean. Uh, the roads are smooth. Uh, <laughs> I know where I'm going, we know what we're eating, uh, and we speak the same language, so that's nice. But uh, it's really good to be back. I want to share something, uh, I, I, do, I have updates, you're probably like want to hear some stories about Detroit, and trust me, we got them. Uh, but I want to share a topic to, to encourage us to, it's kind of a dual purpose thing here. I want to share a word to encourage uh, us, I hope it's encouraging, it's it's what we've been living through, so it's, up, it's an up-close-and-personal message. Uh, but I wanted to share something that, to encourage you guys, and this is, um, this is living it with expectation uh, versus the reality of what you're experiencing. So having expectations versus the reality of what you're staring at, of what you're living, of what you're facing on a day-to-day, um, the ex- that gap What's it like living in that gap? As a believer, uh, having expectations versus the reality of, of where you're living. And, um, you know, in the middle here, you, well, you know, they're separated for a reason. If you could say expectation lives over here on this side of the stage and, and you know, your day-to-day reality, I'm meaning like the things you're actually looking at, the people you're actually talking to, the things that actually come up, Versus what you thought would happen, what, who you thought you would meet, what you thought you'd be doing, the things that you thought would come up. But we live kind of like in this place because we're always expecting something. This is a past, you know, this is a function of our, what we expect to happen in the future. This is forward looking, and this is kind of like the present and the future are all kind of like right here. But we live right here with all these expectations of what should happen. Uh, uh, and we carry them to this place called the real world where they don't always match. And so there's this tension and there's this kind of friction between expectations and reality. Expectations and reality. And this right here is where you're stress tested, okay? I mean, like literally. Like it could be a stressful place to be like right here. Uh, You're stress tested. Your faith, your relationships, they're all kind of pulled and tugged on in various ways. You know, your, your motives are tested in this arena right here. Uh, uh, your character comes out, right? Has anybody, you know, had a baby for the first time? You had these magical expectations of what it would be like, and then it's 3 a.m.? And you're like, oh, man, I didn't know I could be so rude to such a tiny person. Like, that's in me. That's in me. And so your character comes out. If you're a parent, you know. Uh, uh, if, if you're in high-stress business, you know this to be the case. Uh, your maturity comes out. Your knowledge, what you actually know. We've experienced this. How deeply you know your word. Because that, in certain situations, will be tested. Especially when you're pushing the limits and preaching the gospel of people who never heard or heard a different message. So that's, that's what I want to talk about. And if you're the type of person... That's like, 
yeah, I expect great things. And then they're better than I always expect them to be. This message is not for you, okay? <laughs> you just get on it. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, God delivers and we get more and above and beyond at certain times. But certain times it's just hard. And so that's the truth of what we've been living is it's hard in Detroit. It's not easy. Um, the gap is further than we're okay with at times, right? It's, uh, there's a lot of temptation. We'll call it temptation to be defeated. There's a lot of temptation to be down, to be like, goodness, what? You know, there's a lot of temptation to have heartache and, and even doubt. But we love Jesus. And so we're not like others who, who go around with great things in mind that have come from themselves to do and have expectations purely of the flesh and then have no answer to lift them up when it's not. So we don't get crushed in spirit with no hope. We always have hope. And so my message is a message of hope, encouragement. Um, but the gap, the gap is, is tough to stand in. And like I said, we've we stood in this gap. Uh, now, it hasn't all been bad. I'm not, I don't want to paint this picture that like, here comes miserable Isaac and Noel. <laughs> Wounded, battle, worn from their, you know, boot camp of the last nine months, cutting, dragging back, trying to get healed up. Yeah, it is healing to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, we've taken some shots. Yeah, we've been insulted <laughs> and seen some hard stuff. But, uh, but I'm just being honest because I think I think it'll bring encouragement. And I think more of us are in that place than maybe we even realize, like have subconscious expectations about where, and there's this like low-grade dissatisfaction or like low-grade, you know, uh, hurt in our heart that we need to heal. And how do we do that? Well, listen, uh, I got a verse for you. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. That's my word to us today. Be on your guard. Link arms together like a body, like a body of Christ right here. Be of good courage. Stand firm in the faith. Be strong. Uh, I've been praying quite a lot lately. I've been praying quite a lot being over there uh, in Detroit, praying around neighborhoods, praying over everything, praying always. And uh, I've, I've been more and more convinced of this, that we need the reality of heaven on earth today, <laughs> regardless of yesterday's expectation. The truth of those first three lines don't change regardless of ex yesterday's expectations. And you're like, Isaac, I know that verse. It's Matthew 6, 9 through 10. It's actually, you know, Pete and I didn't conspire. It's on the board. It's what you've been going through. This is the Holy Spirit just aligning the heart of of what we're living with, what, what you're living. Uh, pray then this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need the reality of heaven on earth today. But here's, here's my little tag on the end of that. The person, it ain't scripture, it's experience tag, regardless of yesterday's expectations, because uh, we stand in that gap. We stand in that gap. And, and I've been encouraged by the Lord because this is what the Lord has told me. I'm going to tell it directly to you. So this is just personal time. I don't I want to cry through this next line, but you know what Jesus says to me? He says, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Stay. I am with you. Oh, this one's the worst. The best. I love you. You're like, Isaac, that sounds just like the verse you just read. But it's a little different when you hear it directly to your heart from the Holy Spirit, right? That's why you need communion with the Holy Spirit, because, because just reading the word is good. But knowing the voice of the Father, knowing the voice of the Spirit who speaks consistent with his word, 
in a way that's directly to you where you are right now when you need it changes your life, keeps you in the gap. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Stay. I am with you and I love you. This verse is personal. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't detach yourself from that verse. Sometimes it's like, you know, because we're saying his, like he's going to do it. It's like if you read the Bible, he does it through you. So every time you pray that verse, you're basically saying, let me translate. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. I am an ambassador of your kingdom. I am a child of the holy king of heaven. I, I, am, I am conscripted into service. I am a soldier. I am a warrior. I have been given the tools. I've been empowered by himself. God, here I am. Send me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. But don't, don't expect it to just be other people. Expect it to be through you. Amen? Yeah. So I expected. Here's what I expected going into Going into Detroit, Knowles expected this too. I expected things to be easier. <laughs> anybody is like an amen with me right now? You're in the spot where you're like, I expected things right now just to be like, not, they don't have to be like perfect, but just easier. Yeah. Easier. I expected things to be easier. Getting insurance, we took, this is a silly example, took Harry to the pediatrician. They had all paper records, right? All paper records, no electronic records. This is Detroit, you guys. This is Detroit. The building's like half falling apart. You come into this pediatrician's office, it looks like a dungeon, and you get in there, <laughs> and they're, they're taking Harry back there. They got all paper records. They file his name backwards. So his first name's McKinley, his last name's Harrison. And we're trying to find out, oh, where are the records for Harrison? Well, they can't find his blood records. So poor little Harry gets poked three times. He gets blood drawn three times because we live in Detroit. This is just not, nothing's easy, you know? Nothing's easy. Like, uh, 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 it's just difficult to drive. It's like driving in a different country over there. The laws of suggestions. <laughs> I watched the car in front of me, okay? <laughs> I watched the car in front of me. Ding, 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 ding. The rails are coming down, you know, trains coming. Ding, 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 ding. This lady thought, I don't got time for this. I don't got time for this. The red light's flashing, the rails are down. This lady, I'm like, we can see the train. It's moving. It ain't parked. It's moving. The train is moving. And the gates are down. And this lady, you know, she's over the train tracks. She drove straight through the rail. Like, I'm like, where am I? I've seen this stuff all over the place. They got guard dogs in Detroit. I ain't, you're like, guard? Yes, guard dogs. At the used car shops, the tire shops, you go down the street, you're coming home in the evening, they're locked up. You're like, why don't they just use security cameras? No, they got better things. They got dogs. <laughs> Dobermans, German Shepherds. This is our trip home from the hospital. You guys, this is like our commute. I thought things would be a little easier. Uh, I, thought, I thought there'd be more progress more quickly, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I, I set high expectations, and I, and I think it's good to do that, but I thought there would be, I thought we'd see more salvations more quickly, and I'm just like, oh man, how many, Lord, how many you got to preach the gospel to and fight against, <laughs> fight against the knots and the webs that is Islam, like it has a grip on these people, it's got its teeth sunk into these people and claws just won't let go, You're like I love Jesus, and somebody says right back to you, I love Jesus more than you, you're like, what? Like, yeah, I know Jesus is a great prophet, you know? And then you're like, okay, so what do you know about Jesus? And then you have to, you have to discover. They have all these, you know, not every single Muslim, but most Muslims have these ideas about what you believe before you even approach them. So you gotta, it's a tricky road to navigate. You gotta undo a lot. They look at you and say, oh, you worship three gods. You worship three gods. I guarantee you, you walk around, I've done this. You walk on Patton Parkway, you say, man, have you ever heard the gospel of Jesus? Jesus loves you. They don't immediately look at you and go, you worship three gods, your Bible's corrupted, you love Mary. <laughs> you know, like, I know Jesus more than you do. Like, these are the things that it's like in every day, and it's okay, but it's, 
you know, I thought well, there'd be more progress more quickly. And the Holy Spirit moves and he cuts through that, but it, it's hard. I thought we'd be more certain about what we're doing. You know, the day-to-day, wake up with Jesus, building relationships from nothing. You take for granted the family of God that you have here, the relationships and the, the equity, relational capital you have. You have for granted because you gotta do it all over again. To have a more tender heart in the face of, direct, in, of, of rejection. I've been rejected a lot. Noel has been rejected a lot. And you got to guard that verse. You guard your heart because the second you let down your guard, it can callous that sucker. It can callous your heart in a way and so quick, like more quickly than you are brave enough to admit. And so then you start taking judgment of the flesh into an activity of the spirit. Uh, it's easier to, li- it's easier to keep, uh, I-, I thought it'd be easier to keep my joy in a place that's devoid of it, okay? I'm just giving you my experiences real quick, just because I'm being raw, giving you a little update. I don't got pictures of everything for you today, but I'm just telling you what I thought it would be like. I thought it'd be easier. I'm a joyful person. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's given me that as an anointing. I have that spiritual authority, and I don't make any bones about it. Isaac means laughter, for goodness sakes. If we had more time, I'd be spewing dad jokes, but I don't. <laughs> what do you call a pile of cats? <laughs> a mountain, okay. All right, a mountain. I thought it'd be easier to keep my joy in a place that's absolutely devoid of it. It is devoid of it. That is the spiritual reality. And, and, I, and I've discovered even if subconsciously I've had certain ideas about my performance, my family's ability to adapt, uh, ministry, and uh, where the gap's been, been wider. But in every instance, the Holy Spirit's gentle and he's kind, but he's also stern with me sometimes. You realize that when, when the things are coming out of you that are not fruit of the Spirit, I've realized expectations I have set, even for good spiritual things, have been set in the flesh. Okay? I'm a missionary. You're like, you're in the flesh? Well, yeah, I'm telling you, I expected these things. And what have they done? They've brought out elements of frustration. They've brought out elements of inadequacy and doubt. And these are not the fruit of the Spirit. And that's a tell. You playing poker with the devil? No, that's a bad joke. No, it's a, it's a tell. You know when, you're, you're, when what is coming out of you is not fruit of the Spirit, there's something maybe you should check in the motive, in that expectation that you've been set or you're living in, and you're comparing it to the reality of your existence. Where's that flesh? And so it's this painful process of going and taking it to the Holy Spirit. And this is true in Scripture as well. The whole... I'm, I'm not going to give you a verse, but the whole book of Genesis. I'm going to give you the book of Genesis right now. We got more scripture. The book of Genesis. You see it real quick. You're like, is, your, is our experience different from that of scripture? No. You're part of the story of God. Let me prove it to you. The whole book of Genesis, you start with Abraham, <laughs> who said Genesis chapter 12 through 25. Go check it out. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there where you could be like, man, Abraham probably didn't see that one coming. Abraham probably didn't expect to have to offer his son. Abraham probably didn't expect a famine right when he got to where he was supposed to go and then had to leave and then come back because he arrived to a famine. It's in the Bible. There are, you got to know, Abraham's a person. We are people. Insert yourself into this scripture. Read your life through this scripture and understand that sometimes things aren't what we expect them to be. Jacob, working for Laban, for his wife, Rachel, and had to do it twice. He didn't expect to have to do that. Joseph, getting these dreams and visions, having these, you know, expectations of of his future and his authority. And yes, it's true. Yes, it came to pass. But we know the story. Brothers sell him into slavery, leave him for dead, has to fight and claw and be excellent and serve God through very difficult circumstances. I'm sure he had expectations and reality that didn't quite match, and there was some friction between him and his relationship with God. Uh, 
I just, I, I think maybe why I get to speak on this or why it's near and dear to me right now is because we live in a, uh, we live in a place and we've done something that has just, it's so, like it draws the contrast. Does that make sense? Like you grow up in an area, and I believe we all experience it, but we, we see the contrast really clearly and it, it's drawn out of us just because it's so different what we're doing from what we know. You know, we're in an area where sin is public, where racism is normal on a level it's hard to describe. You have to experience it, okay? And uh, I got stories for you. I'm not going to say them right now, but I got stories for you. Uh, the, con- the contrast is stark. Uh, and so uh, this has really drawn a line in my mind, and uh, there's really two ways to be, and it's in Scripture. There's two ways to be. There's in the flesh, and there's in the spirit. There's in the flesh and in the spirit. And it's so important we stay in the spirit. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 says, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. Romans eight, verse six says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. When I say flesh, let me just clarify right now. When I say flesh, I mean the things that you can do in your own own strength outside of the grace of God. The things that uh, uh, you in your own intellect, uninspired by the whole, unredeemed, outside of relationship with God, the things you are capable of doing or, or your own desires of the flesh as opposed to things of the spirit which are from God. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So there's this contrast. John 3, 3. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, in the Greek you could read it, born from above, I like that. You know, who knows? Jesus ascended on (laughs) I, when boys ask me, where's heaven? I say, up. They're like, which way is up? I don't know, but Jesus went up when he went to the Father. From above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so how do, we, how do you stand here? How do you live? How do you thrive? How do you shine Jesus how do the expectations maybe that you've had in the past or the things that, that you've set, maybe that you didn't even know about and the, and the friction with the reality of what you're living, how do you have joy? How do you keep your uh, spiritual anointing, authority, how do you walk in it? Well, it's time to be some spiritual people. It's time to be spiritual people. We need to lean and depend on the Spirit of God like we have never done before. And you say, Isaac, of course you need to because you're in Detroit and it's harder for you there. No, no, no. It is for you too. Because you are sent wherever you are. Your, your feet are your, are, your, are your platform wherever they go. Where, wherever you, you sit down in the cubicle, that is your mission field. Excellence is a hallmark of, of your relationship with Jesus. Okay? Yeah. You, you, you take your opportunities, you speak with wisdom, you work well, you, be, you do well in all things. And that is your witness. But, but best believe, it's not just me who's gone to Detroit and lives in a harder place. It's not just Knowles, you know, uh, who's got all these women friends who, who cover their head and, and live in a completely different culture than, than we do. It's, it's you. It's all of us. It's time to be spiritual people. Colossians 3, verse 2, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Galatians 3, 3, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Oh, that one hit me. Here you go. Here you go. You know, you're on a spiritual mission. Go, go, make disciples of all nations. That's for you too, by the way. But that's a spiritual calling. And now the reality is, oh man, I've been, whew, maybe I've been, I've been trying some things that are in the flesh because of who knows what, insecurity, doubt. I don't like the uncertainty. 
level that I have to operate that God has forced me into because he has commanded me to do it. You know, so I try and like squirm and fight and try and do things in the flesh. And God's like, no, no, no. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Is that, is anybody in that space having, having a word carried, given by the spirit, a prophetic word, a calling to a certain job, a calling to a certain place that is, you, you went after it in the spirit, but now maybe things aren't exactly like what you thought they would be like. And so maybe you're squirming in the flesh a little bit. You know, you're uncomfortable with that, that prophecy because you can't quite see it how you thought it would work out. But God says, stay. <laughs> Be encouraged. Do not be afraid. I love you. I am with you. There's a couple books that are fun. Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. That's been rich. I've been chewing on that a lot. And uh, there's one by a a disciple of his, really. Letters of a Modern Mystic by Frank Laubach. Uh, He's a missionary to basically illiterate people, uh, mostly Muslim, actually. Uh, and it's his experiences of how do I shine Jesus? How do I know you in a deeper way? How do I, how do I be here? And it's communion with Jesus that's the key. It's communion with Jesus. And how do we grow up to be spiritual people? Well, we mature in meditation and prayer. We increase in our knowledge of the word. We acknowledge the spirit. We acknowledge, this is a simple thing, Okay. We acknowledge the Spirit more often, uh, more purposefully. Acknowledge the Spirit more often and more ordinarily. More ordinary, I like that, because it's like everywhere. It's ordinary stuff. Acknowledge the Spirit of God. So grow up and mature, growing up and maturing in meditation and prayer, increasing our knowledge of the Word, acknowledging the Spirit more often and more ordinarily, and discovering and sharpening your spiritual gifting. This is how we are a spiritual people. That's good stuff. That, that is essentially read your Bible and pray, okay? Said in nice terms. That's essentially what that means. But you're reading, you're reading a word, oh my goodness, I don't have time to go off on the Bible right now. But I've had to, I've had to dig into this book more deeply than ever. I've had to study where did this book come from? Who wrote this thing? Because people are nitpicking at me. People are saying, oh, there's inconsistencies. Have you read this verse versus this verse? Have you read this verse versus this verse? Where does Jesus actually say he's God? Where does Jesus actually say he's God? Here's this Old Testament prophecy that we didn't think came, came true. Here's an unfulfilled prophecy. Is your book's a lie? <laughs> this is reality. They're like, okay, Lord, I got to know my word. And I do. And I do. I'm not, you know, we go toe to, you know, I know my Bible, but I've been driven to a place of seeing the Bible as more sacred than it's ever been. It is perfect. Every word of God is perfect. There, it's beautiful. It's miraculous. It's in your living room on the shelf. It's in your lap right now. You have access. You have access to the spirit through the word. You ha- How do you be a spiritual person? Oh my goodness, you see this book as, 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 as your bread, as your life. You see this book as, oh, if I don't know this, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't accomplish, I can't accomplish this spiritual, I'll get stuck in the flesh unless I'm, I'm grounded in this book that is spirit. Uh, okay, that's enough. Can't keep going on that. All right. This is a serious question. And, you know, I, I would hope to end more joyfully. This is good because there's breakthrough, but here's a question. Are you carrying broken expectations? Are you carrying broken expectations? Um, whew, that's a heavy question, right? That's a heavy question. Because if you actually pause and think about that, and you allow yourself in the communion of the saints, in the safety of the presence of God, safest place you can be, where there's healing, where there's deliverance, where there's the spirit of salvation in this place. Are you carrying broken expectations? 
Are there places in your life, things that you've attempted, maybe great things that you've attempted to do and they haven't worked out? Even even stuff that's good, I don't got all the answers. Why is it that when I preach the gospel and we've been commanded to, not everybody gets saved? Why is it when I pray for healing and I'm commanded to, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover, they don't all get healed. Why is that? I don't have all the answers for this. I don't have all the answers. I have, I have what Jesus has commanded me. I mean, well, I don't have the answers for the outcome. I have the, I have the answers for the, uh, the, the solution. Does that make sense? I don't know. God tells you who to run to. You might not know why, but you know who to run to. He says, trust, trust, trust. And if you have broken expectations, I would hope today could be a day where soon we'll take communion, where we sang it. We're at the foot of Jesus. And the broken expectations maybe that we've had, things that we'll take a moment, we'll pause, reflect. Is there something of the flesh that I've allowed into my life, even in pursuits of the Spirit, that have caused me to doubt, you know, caused me to be a little bit hurt, to hesitate, to walk in faith. You know, is there distrust between me and the Holy Spirit in some way because of some sort of expectation that I've, I've let come in? That's a tough question, right? <laughs> Do you have expectations that have been unmet or causing you worry or anxiety? Even for good things. Do you feel like you're failing? I have, at moments, felt like I'm failing, okay? Do you feel like you're failing? Is the gap for you not okay? Is it too wide between what you thought things would be like and how things are? Oh, I love this verse in Psalms 36, verse 5. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches Guys, listen, it's the love of Jesus. It's Jesus that fills the gap. It's Jesus right here that brings the healing every single time. I don't care how heartbroken you are. He is the healer of all things. Jesus can heal all hearts. He can reach from the deepest wound, from the deepest, the the most sincere expectations. Man, I've wanted this so bad and I've been so crushed. I've been so crushed. Well, do you know that Jesus suffered all things so that he might help us? He is interceding on your behalf. He's crying out for you. He, he's, saying, he's saying, you might not on this side of heaven, on, in this earth that's imperfect, this earth that's full of sin, this earth that's in decay, you might not get all the answers. But there is a reality of heaven that you can experience now, which is the healing spirit of God. It's the fulfilling spirit of God. It's the ability to miraculously be raised up on wings like eagles, to be above what you thought would have to rise above circumstances you thought were insurmountable. But Jesus, oh, Psalm 61, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. I can't get there. I can't even walk up on my own. But God, you got to lead me up this rock to the place that's, that's higher than I can go on my own strength. I can't, I can't see, man, you know what my vision is for Detroit? I see mass revival in the whole city. I see streets rebuilt. I see families living in it. I see refugees and Christians living in concert with one another. I see, I see Muslims coming to Jesus by the droves. I see gangbangers and, and hoodlums and the hood being refreshed and a spark of revival to the nominal Christians that surround in the suburbs. That's what I see. What's it like? Oh. <laughs> Well, there's a tree falling down on that power line. Nobody goes to church in that church. Once I cross the street and, you know, like I'm different than everybody. Everybody stares at me, wonders why I'm there. I've been asked, what are you doing here many times? Uh, You know, my kids stick out like a sore thumb everywhere they go. Nobody, like, it's different. It's different. But where am I led to? I am led to Jesus. I am led to the cross. There's only one place to remove the burden at the foot of the cross. If you read Pilgrim's Progress, anybody read Pilgrim's Progress? I love that book so much. I love that book where it's an allegory, right, of Christian who has this burden on his back. He's got this burden on his back and 
It's heavy. It's, bur- it's, it's weighing him down through all these trials and errors he's going through. And where does that burden get lifted? At the foot of the cross of Calvary. And so it's beautiful. So uh, ushers, we're going to take communion now. I get the honor of today uh, walking us into the place of freedom. If you so choose, this place of, of the cup and the bread of Jesus, as the elements come around, uh, I have a couple charges for you. If there's expectations, if the gap's been wide, if you've been hurt, if you're like me, here's what Jesus would say to me, and here's what God, I think, is saying to you this morning. Surrender your heart. Surrender your pain. Surrender your self-doubt. God thinks way more of you than you do. I I sound like Joel Osteen there for a sec. God thinks way more of you than you do. There is blessing. I'm just joking. Oh my gosh. Like this is a serious moment, Isaac. You're like, surrender your self-doubt. Surrender your self-doubt. Goodness. Sometimes the expectations are too low. And God's like, lift them up. But shift from the flesh to the spirit. (laughs) See them in a different way. Surrender your sin. If you're caught in sin, there is no better place to be delivered and free. If you do not know Jesus, there is no better place to find, to find freedom, to find release from bondage, from, from the things you thought you could never escape, from per, a purposeless life, a hopeless life, a joyless life. There's no better place. It is the only place, in fact, where these things can be healed. It is right now, it is today, it is at the cross of Jesus. And you know what represents the cross of Jesus? Is to do this in remembrance of me. This cup and this bread. Surrender your fear. And then as you take communion, I would pray that you reflect. You reflect in this moment. And you do these things. You receive God's spirit. You engage the spirit. Maybe you're a Christian. And you know you're a spiritual person. You know everything I'm saying to you. You could, you could quote it back to me. You could get up here and preach a different, the same message. You could do it. You've heard it all. You've read the Bible. You know Jesus. Maybe you need to begin right now to engage in the Spirit. Engage the Spirit. Expect the Spirit to move. Expect not the flesh. Expect the Spirit of God. Expect the Spirit of God. Because let me tell you, when you're in communion with the Holy Spirit, He shifts the way you see things. You don't see rejection the same way. You don't see the block the same way. You see through heaven's eyes. The hearing ear, the Bible says this, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, God has made them both. The Holy Spirit will give you different vision. He'll give you different eyes. He'll give you different ears. When someone insults you because you're, you're on purpose for Jesus, you won't hear it as an insult. You'll hear it as a compliment for serving the will of God. I count myself blessed for suffering for the sake of Jesus. And then walk with Holy Spirit. Or as we say around here, go with Holy Spirit. I should have Type that differently. Receive God's Spirit. Engage the Spirit. Expect the Spirit. And walk with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Do not be afraid or terrified because of maybe this gap. Things aren't like it, like you'd want them to be. For the Lord God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
See, here's the reality. We have expectations. We live this life. We're real people. It's a natural thing to do. You, you can't just be like a bumbling idiot, just wondering, oh, I didn't expect anything to happen, you know? Like, this is, this is the way we are. But I think the design of God is to be in this place where you have expectations. You're striving after God. You're seeing things in the spirit. You're making leaps of faith. You're trying things. But instead of versus reality, instead of the tension existing in the middle, now you have with Holy Spirit in the middle and you have communion with the Holy Spirit. And then no matter what happens in the reality, you know, oh man, I got a friend. We sang about it today. I got a friend. I got a friend in Jesus. I got a never leaving, everlasting friend in Jesus. I got a brother in Jesus. I got a body of believers who are going to link arms with me. I got a person I can call. I got a Pete I can FaceTime when I'm like, what is happening in life? I got people who are going to lift me up and say, my goodness, you got spiritual giftings in you that you need to, you need to engage them. I know you've been sitting on your hands. You've been, you've been dormant for a little bit, but it's time to get up and move. It's time to take some risk. It's time to, it's time to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm not trying to lay expectations. You know, I'm not trying to do this. I'm not trying to condemn. I'm not trying to set expectations in the flesh. I'm telling you right now, commune with the Holy Spirit and he'll be way harder on you than I am. In a more gentle way. You, you see, this is the privilege of our life with Holy Spirit. This is the privilege of our existence. When you invite somebody in, into relationship with God, with God, when you invite somebody into relationship with God, you see, that's, that's where it starts, that's where it continues, that's where it ends. That's it. It's with Holy Spirit. And so if we have these struggles, if we have these pains, if I'm, if I'm a wounded soldier coming back from Detroit, if I'm in Dearborn, I'm like, God, the spiritual oppression here is thick. It is a weighty blanket. It will crush me if I don't breathe some Northwest air. You know, if I, if I get out from underneath those industrial smoke, like billowing towers, <laughs> get out from, from, from all these lies and deception that are just everywhere, the darkness of this area. I need, like, we gotta be with Holy Spirit in that, in that case. And I don't know where you are. I don't know what things are expectations have been broken in your life, things you've been called to that you may be dissatisfied that they're not happening at the pace, at the speed, at the, in the way, at, with the ease that maybe they should happen in. Maybe you've taken great risk. You've taken bold steps and you've attempted mighty things and fall, fallen in your eyes, in your eyes, in your eyes, flat on your face. I would suggest to you that God's eyes see you differently than a, than a, than a broken down, beat up, oh man, they gave it their best shot, they're done. I would suggest to you God does not see you that way. God is saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Be with me. Come on. If you, you know, walk with me. Walk with me, walk with me. Lift your eyes up, open your ears. Open your ears, lift your eyes up. Lift your eyes up, walk with me, hold my hand. The nearness of the presence of Jesus is what he desires and what you need. Be near, be close. And if you've allowed the gap to push you away right now in this act of communion, draw near to God. So what we'll do right here, I, I'm not gonna lead through the individual elements. If you are a, a believer, you have, a, have you received the Holy Spirit in your life, if you know Jesus as your savior, in light of what I believe the Spirit of God is doing in this place and the message that we've spoken today, the things that we've addressed, I would ask that you approach the throne of grace in the act of communion on your own or with your family. Maybe you and your spouse need to do this together because there's something in your life that, that, that God is wanting to heal. There's an expectation maybe as a family that you have had, you thought you would do something and the reality is suggested otherwise. Maybe you need to take communion together. 
Because this is not just a cup and this is not just a cracker. This is the body and blood of Jesus. This is, this is the place of salvation. This is the place of redemption and healing. In my testimony, I can only, I can give you my testimony of what I have seen and heard. Jesus is trustworthy. He's wonderful. He's a beautiful savior. You will never, ever, ever be let go or let down by Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite you while the song plays, take communion, do it on your own pace, in your own, uh, with your own space, but be honest, be sincere. And I, I want to invite others. If you have never received Jesus while this song is playing, I would ask that maybe you just come up, uh, come up to the front. I'm asking you to be bold a little bit. Just uh, come up to the front and, and receive Jesus. Uh, receive Jesus in this moment and then take communion for the very first time, having received Jesus as your savior, because now you have access to the presence and, and, and unity with the Holy Spirit like I'm talking about, okay? So I'll pray. The team's gonna lead us in the spirit and it's your moment to encounter Jesus. Jesus, thank you. I thank you so much for your spirit. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you for the struggles and the pains and, and the things that Noel and I and family have gone through that have led us deeper into your heart, deeper into you. Because God, we want nothing more than to know you and to make you known in this earth. We want nothing more than to experience your life-giving spirit and to give you glory when we have opportunity here on earth to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, this is our cry today. This is the cry of my life. God, we love you. We surrender to you. Everything that hurts, all the joys, all the victories, and all the frustrations and the pains today. We trust you as healer. God, you are our healer. Come now, Holy Spirit, come now. Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.